life. Ah, oh, traditions, traditions. <laughs> Have we always done that? When did that start? Almost. That started a very long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, yeah, so this <laughs> thing, I, I believe that you've asked me about this. Like many, many Several episodes ago. Um, but this actually came from an old podcast I used to listen to as all my references, basically. Um, and uh, it was, I forget, I think it was my friend uh, Ian Roth who was doing this podcast uh, with a couple friends. And they would do this at the beginning of each show because they, uh, they live stream it. But it was basically like, I don't think there was anybody <laughs> tuning in to the live version anyways. But they would always say, and we're live. <laughs> so now I just say it. I have this theory that just podcasts is just a bunch of reference to other podcasts that are references to other podcasts. It's just and it's a, just this weird, magnificent, you know, soup of references. Is this podcast all the way down? Most people never, yeah. <laughs> I don't think most people get like don't then they don't even realize that some of these things are like references to other shows. Yeah. Our show is full of them. <laughs> I wonder who invented follow up. <laughs> Kevin, uh as usual as usual, I think we should do follow up. Um, Let's do it. Again, is that a reference to other shows? Yes. Yes, most certainly it is. So this first uh piece of follow up comes from uh from a listener, Darian Mitchell. Uh, Kevin, you want to, uh, what did Darian say? Yeah, so uh, Darian said, would love to hear an episode where you go further in depth on design challenges. For instance, uh, what are red flags you're looking for? Uh, what process do you want to see followed? So um, I'm not sure that it's like worth a whole episode. I think we've talked a lot about hiring before, uh, but I figured mm. maybe we could address it like really quickly, um, give a few rapid fire kind of like, things we're looking for what are the red flags and is there any specific process that you're looking for uh sure there are a couple uh let's see usually when i'm like at a design challenge part of the process i am not really looking for like visual implementation like their you know their sketch uh, chops <laughs> like <laughs> cuz i've at that point i know what the candidate uh has design has made i've seen their, their portfolio i've talked to them i i'm a bit aware of what they've produced so i'm not really looking to that and also that is something that you know with a good design system with all of that like that's not the hard part that's not what i'm looking for in a candidate i'm just looking for uh what kind of questions they ask and how how do they think how like how deep do they go when thinking about a problem and not just like at the surface level so with that said, some of the red flags is just that, like not asking questions or not just jumping straight into a solution or something. Or if I don't see like any process and I just see like something done, that is a red flag. Like, cause you know, I think you as a designer, you should ask a lot of questions before jumping into sketch and start, you know, drawing pictures. Uh, you should understand the problem that you're trying to solve first, um, so and in, in in all my design challenges I give I purposely like give the room for some um for different interpretations and give the room for the candidate to um try to understand the problem a little bit better um so those are the red flags but honestly I have never found like many of these um 
in my experience. So what about you? Yeah, like I feel like I have to preface this by saying that I don't think uh, design challenges are useful tool for recruiting and I think they're kind of pointless and typically, I, I don't know, like no no harm intended <laughs> to people who do this, but, uh, and in some, some places Shopify does do it, but I feel like in many ways, like I find that the design challenges, <sighs> yeah, I'm going to say it, <laughs> even though it's going to sound very bad, Go negative, but, um, I see a lot of people using a design challenge as a replacement for like a solid recruitment process. Um, and it feels to me like a little bit more of a, like a junior move of like, Hey, like we kind of don't know how to evaluate people's skill sets. So let's have them like literally do the job that they have to do. Um, it's like basically like what's the least imagination you could possibly have. Um, it also like in some ways, like it makes people feel better because <laughs> it's like, Oh, like now we've seen, like the actual output that you've done, but I just, I don't know. Personally, I find that you can validate and test for all the things that you're looking for in a design challenge in other types of interviews that don't require people to invest massive amounts of time uh, into, uh, you know, create like sending you over these, um, these mockups and challenges uh, and also potentially give you a better understanding of the person. Um, than just by looking at a mock-up because like why is that because the requirements in a design challenge are always so different from person to person like you don't know how long a person like spent on on a project like you know and we all have these guidelines of like oh you should spend two to four hours yeah who follows these nobody right like um so some people might have spent 30 hours on your thing versus a person might have spent 10 hours versus a person spent two hours like that will the the quality of the output like will certainly be better for the person who spent 30 hours on it but like is that really what makes them a better designer not necessarily so anyways i find design design challenges to be very tricky um to evaluate um and so that's why for me like it it wouldn't be like my first recommended thing that being said so the one place where we do use it for shopify is for internships where like we just get so many so many um people who apply and um uh, like especially students who may or may not have an actual portfolio where they can show real work so it's kind of a way that we've found so far um, to kind of like just speed up the process for us and be able to go through and sort of, I know it sounds bad, but like kind of like weed out some candidates um, faster than going through like a full interview cycle. So anyways, that is my preface about design challenges. That being said, uh, I know that tons and tons of companies do them uh, and that like, me saying these are bad is like not a helpful thing for you if you you have to do one so um if you do have to do one uh i think rafa mentioned a lot of like the good things uh that you should like keep an eye out for so number one problem understanding like (laughs) in many ways like it depends what kind of challenge they give you but sometimes it's a bit more open-ended where you have to find your own problem and in that case like make sure that you have like a real use case and you're not trying to solve a problem 
that literally only applies to you. Like I, I remember when I was looking at some design challenges, like basically everyone's target audience was a 20 year old that's right out of school who studies tech. Like that is just like, you know, so specific um, and just shows kind of maybe a lack of imagination. Like I, I and I don't want to say that it's literally always bad, but, you know, if you're able to show that you're able to observe a little bit like further from like yourself, like in the problem that you face, um, that's kind of interesting. Uh, if it's a specific problem is provided to you, then like asking lots of questions and making sure you understand it properly and you can articulate what that problem is super super key um i think in terms of implementation um i'm like obviously like something that i'm looking for is like can you solve that problem in a a way that is like um satisfactory um and one of the things that i found was often tricky for um for people to get right is the platform understanding i found especially with like young students um there's a lot of times where i see things like you know a status bar or sorry not a status bar a navigation bar or a tab bar they're not using like the standard you know the standard heights or like the back button is like in a weird location and like there's a lot of stuff that is just like kind of like not system like conventions um Mm -hmm. and in some ways like it's fine to break the rules but you have to know the rules um so showing that you do understand the platform you're designing for whether that's the web so say you're designing something for the web like it might be a good idea to have a mock-up that's more on a desktop and one that's more on on like a a mobile device right because that's that's how the medium works uh, versus if you're designing an app for Android is going to have very different considerations than if you're designing an app for iOS. So try to keep that in mind. Um, and then explaining your rationale, like that's to me, that's the kind of the key of everything um, is like being able to articulate why you made specific decisions and trying to see like, because obviously you're, you're pretty restrained like in the scenario of a of a design challenge but like did you did you do a little bit of your own research like did you like i don't know like maybe you could show someone the mock-up that you created to get some feedback like try to find ways that you can get potentially like some validation or some confirmation of like that what you're doing is right like i think that's a, a really nice bonus so uh but other than that like i don't really have a specific process that needs to be like followed or observed um i just like want you to do your process as is okay wow that was a lot uh i kind of want to like interject on or well comment on your hot take about uh (laughs) is not good i don't disagree with anything you said by the way but it's like I find I found this to be very valuable as a part of the process. And just to also give more context, when I have a candidate uh, do a design challenge, that candidate like is already hired for us. Like they're really they're in a good path. And that design challenge is just it's almost like a reference check just to make sure that our that we didn't miss any red flags. So like, hey, Awesome portfolio, great experience. I really like your work, all of this stuff. And then I give you a design challenge. I'm like, holy crap, like this person really has no good understanding of like basic typography hierarchy and basic composition. You know, that can happen. (laughs) 
and that can just like change your perception of the candidate something you just missed um has that ever happened to you though it has happened that i was surprised by their output like they're just a yeah i was surprised <laughs> fair enough like i don't know a lot of these things i find is it is like a safeguard that makes people interviewing feel better <laughs> But I often doubt, like, if it actually it's is not feel better. Be- I don't think it's feeling better. It's feeling more confident in their decision. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I mean. Sure. Okay. Uh, good stuff. Let's move on. Uh, we still have one other piece of follow up, and this one is regarding uh, WWDC, which we covered. I can say we. It's not that we talked about it. We covered uh, it last week. And so, um, Kevin, you wanted to talk a little bit more about Swift UI. Yeah, right? of course. I've been consumed by Swift UI for the last week. <laughs> uh, and I feel like we didn't really talk about it uh, last week. No. Um, I got to say, because it also didn't get a lot of a lot of airtime in the keynote. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we missed pretty much all of it <laughs> until I... So I, I saw some WWDC sessions, which I will recommend one after it, it blew my mind. Yeah. Holy crap. Swift UI is incredible. <laughs> um, it, like, to me, like, I just, the more I think about this WWDC, like, this stands out as the thing that I'm the most excited about. It really yeah. makes programming 10 times easier um, and 10 times better. Like, it's not just that it's saving me time, but it's resulting in, like, better interfaces that like automatically update like it removes a whole class of bugs and i'm just immediately like i want to use it <laughs> um so that's a great part about swift ui and like there's a bunch of sessions i think this is something that designers can totally pick up uh pretty easily mm-hmm. like and get into ios development uh it's pretty straightforward um our friend mangto is like apparently developing like a swift ui course which will be yeah, like really interesting <laughs> Uh, as you do <laughs> yeah of course uh but even then like i feel like even you can watch like one or two se- uh, sessions uh they're available for free like oh, on yeah. apple website and kind of pick it up um the one thing that i'm well actually there's two things that i want to talk to you about uh one is swift ui is great for the stuff that it does but there is so many things that it doesn't do right now like, for example, like the biggest question that I've been trying to get anyone to answer or figure out is, say you present a view controller, like, have, like you know, this kind of like modal, like coming from the, bo- coming from the bottom, mm-hmm. how do you dismiss it? Coming from the bottom, now we're here. Yeah, there is, is there, uh, to my knowledge, and I like if any listeners know how to do this, like, please, please tell me. I have been asking around, and I literally cannot find how you do this. (laughs) And there's no, and none of Apple's sample code or examples or anything like that, they show this kind of thing. And it's like one of the core iOS things you can do. They, They have a thing that's like a presentation button that will do this, that will present the view, but there's no, it's nowhere to be found like how you actually dismiss it. So there are things like this where I'm wondering, like, maybe this is beta one kind of stuff and then they will get added on later. Or a part of me is kind of worried that maybe this is the first 
Swift UI release, and that is it. And then we will only get more stuff in Swift UI next year, which I think would be a shame because it severely limits like how much you can use it for actual interface elements. I don't know. Uh, any thoughts? Rafa, are you still here? Sorry. Uh, have I mentioned that I hate laptops? <laughs> Sorry. What happened though? So, like, I had my phone plugged in because it was charging. It was plugged into my computer. Okay. And I unplugged it because it was already charged. And when I did, all my audio inputs, like, they just disconnected. Is it was as the same as I was? I would pull the USB plug out. Huh. And this this is what was happening uh, before we started recording. When I told you I had a problem, I had to reboot. That was it. I couldn't pick up my microphone from the input thing. Huh. Very strange. Now I'm afraid to touch my computer. I'm so sorry. I'll just leave it there. I think you have a. I think you got a lemon. <laughs> this is a bad one. Mine was fine. I've never had issues like this. God damn it. God damn it. I don't know. Uh. <sighs> All right, so I was saying, um, Swift UI mm-hmm. is really great, but it's like, you know, has its limits, um, and there's a bunch mm-hmm. of stuff that seems that they're missing. So either they're coming right. l- just later on in the beta cycle, which I hope, or yeah. they're just going to be things that we'll have to wait an entire year for, which then like severely limits how much we can use it in actual app development. So- First of all, that that does missing the view controller. I'm sure that's just not here because it's beta one, and so it'll, I'm sure it'll come. Um, but also, I am, you know, they they, they clearly mentioned that Swift UI is not going to replace like everything you do in the app. The point of it is just to uh, simplify and make that part of like trivia, you know, trivial UI components very fast and easy to implement, so you can focus on your own custom stuff. So it's not that you're just going to use Swift UI like. Uh, exclusively, like 100% of your app is built on Swift UI. I don't think that's the point. The point is just all of these, like, you know, starting a new table view controller, like it's still a pain. It's just basic UI kit, and they're just trying to make that simpler. So I think the answer is like, it's a, probably a mix of both. I get that, but it's, I feel like writing views in like other ways, so either app kit or UI kit or something like that, is eventually going to become like like writing your UI in um uh, you know like uh what was Lauren Brichter doing for um letterbox like basically where where it's like all open gl stuff <laughs> like writing your own UI in open gl like it's just yeah like you can do it and you'll have more flexibility but like my my thing is like I know I can do it the other way. I know I can mix it, but I don't want that. <laughs> like I've, I've <laughs> seen, I've had the taste of the better world. Like this is what I want. I want to, I want that for everything. I don't want to have to can do the weird back. bridge and like host the UI into one thing. Cause like what's great about Swift UI, like if you don't like haven't looked at all the sessions is that, um, you basically like one of the core concepts is you just update the data source so and then everything else in your UI updates like based around that. If you import a Swift UI view into something else, 
like that's fine but like <laughs> that means half of your ui auto updates and then the other half doesn't like that's that really sucks like so i think there's gonna be like a lot of weird cases and basically i i mean like obviously like the other big transitions for apple was going from objective c to swift but that was almost like an easier transition because it's like swift the language had everything it needed to be like a fully competent language whereas it seems like now we have this new framework that is clearly like at least 10 times better than UIKit but it's not quite there yet so I think like we're in for a a couple years of really awkward iOS development because everyone will be using different things like say you're following you're trying to like follow along with a tutorial it's like oh like this part is using UIKit or oh this part is using SwiftUI like it'll be kind of a mess hopefully like I'm very hopeful that like we'll get to the other side of this and we'll be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we used to do apps any other way because it is like truly, truly awesome. Um, but yeah, I think it'll be a pain to do that. Uh, my question for you, um, because like where SwiftUI is like clear improvement on all fronts is on the watch because the watch never ha- oh, even had UI kit, right? Like it always has its weird. Did they yeah. even have a name for watch it? Kit. Watch kit. Watch kit. Yeah, uh, yeah it was very terrible. Um, so, uh-huh. a like, what are your thoughts on SwiftUI on the watch? And then B, could this mean that break the safe too could uh, could be a thing now? Okay, so to answer the first question, I still don't know. I still have no idea what SwiftUI looks like in WatchOS. I haven't digged into it. I'm waiting on beta two to start like you know i'm just gonna i'm just i'm hoping that beta 2 will fix most of the glaring you know scandalous bugs <laughs> so um with that said uh break to save 2 is definitely going to happen this summer Ooh. Well, wow i shouldn't say that <laughs> um like i really really like i've been looking for the right motivation to get back into it and the fact that i have a stupid bug that just makes the whole gameplay you know pretty much unusable still today I still get at least two emails a week. Really? Uh, just saying that the, the bug is yeah, oh, it's annoying. Oh, wow. Um, Can you remind me what like, it is? Oh, is it uh, if oh, you right have now, sound on? I think it, <laughs> that you can hear it? No, no. That, so that wasn't technically not a bug. It was just a limitation of the OS. And I did, like, I do have a little alert at the beginning telling you, like, hey, you should mute your, okay, your right. watch. No, the bug is, like, I think it would, with watchOS... Four, I think. Um, like you introduce a bug in where the timer goes really fast. So mm. supposedly you have thirty seconds to to uh, to uh, you know solve the puzzle, but it goes like, all right, thirty seconds, twenty nine, fifteen, four. <laughs> you, lost. you know, like <laughs> it goes. It's very annoying. Um, so anyway, I've been looking for the right motivation, and the fact that you have now Swift UI and I can get rid of all that crap on the on the UI. Uh, I mean, on the iPhone right. like wrapper thing. That, I think that that's it. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna it's gonna be a fun summer. Yeah, that's that's pretty exciting. So uh, for our listeners, if all this sounds like mm, this sounds interesting, I actually haven't looked at SwiftUI yet. Uh, I strongly recommend you watch this one WWD session 
WWDC session uh, titled Introducing SwiftUI, Building Your First App, which is the first session where, well, they introduced SwiftUI, and the presenter, like, live codes uh, an app. Like, sure, it's not the most impressive app, but it is an app, and so it has, like, two views and a couple of interactions and stuff. Yeah. And the presenter codes this live, like, on stage. Um and you can see, like, actually how fast and easy it is to work with SwiftUI. Yeah, and was, the app it, they make is, is pretty impressive. Like, they they do basically, like, the studying app uh, that has, like, these flashcards. And um, you can now, like, they do, like, a thing where all the cards are, end up being stacked on top of another. Wait. No, I don't think we're talking about the same session. For <laughs> SwiftUI on the watch? Oh, no, 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 no. I mean... Just introducing SwiftUI. Oh, sorry. Session. Okay, but yeah, uh, anyways, the SwiftUI on the watch one. Um, oh, I have to watch that one. Yeah, like, they make something that you're like, for a watch, like, it's honestly pretty good. Um, and basically, like, all the cards are stacked. And then when you tap on it, the card flips around and shows you, like, the answer. And you're like, wow, nice. that's really nice. cool. Can't believe they're doing that on stage. <laughs> Except that there's this, like, maybe, like, 10 seconds where they're like, all right, so I'm just going to import, like, this custom thing yeah. that I just wrote <laughs> previously that basically literally, like, uh-huh. takes care of everything. No, I just wrap my two views in, in this container and ta-da, everything works. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's great, but, like, what happens behind the scenes? Um, you know, you know that drawing of, like, drawing a horse and starting on the back and then, you know, it gets all... You know what I'm like that meme I'm talking about? Actually, I don't. It's like how to draw a horse, and then like you start from the back of the horse, and it's very detailed. Mm. And then like when it reaches the front, because the the artist ran out of time. Then anyway, right? Or it's more it's more like uh, draw the owl. It's like all right, step one, you like draw these circles, (laughs) and then step two, the thing is done. It's like what happened in between those two steps? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Right. So we'll see, but at least it's possible, you know, and I don't think that kind of stuff was possible before SwiftUI. So I'm no. um, really looking forward to uh, playing with Break Safe 2 on my watch this summer uh, on the <laughs> beach. No pressure. Uh, no pressure. Uh, but yeah, I think this, this is going to be great. Okay. Uh, still in the WWDC part of the follow-up, uh, one thing that they did announce, I think I saw this at State of the Union, is that now you can design your own haptics. And this feature may or may not have been heavily influenced by <laughs> just a bunch of bug reports um, that our friend Ryan McLeod opened. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know did mention this one. Anyway, so now you can design your own haptics. And this is phenomenal news. And more importantly, it's like, well, then this can make Break to Save 10 times better. But I still don't know. I'm still trying to understand if this still, you can still do this in the watch and not mm. just the iOS. It's like I'm so close. I anyway. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna dig into this, of course, this whole summer. Uh, follow me on Twitter for more updates. <laughs> nice. And uh, last piece of follow up, not really WWDC, but you know how we were talking about Mac Pro and uh, the new Pro Display mm-hmm. last week. Um, I'm still heartbroken. <laughs> I've come to terms with the fact that sure, that display is not for me. I. Do you understand? Like, uh, there's this video by uh, Jonathan Morrison. What's his name? Yep. Uh, the YouTuber. I really love him. Uh, and he has this. Uh, actually, the title is kind of clickbaity, but if you watch the, the 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 video, it's actually pretty much in theme what he talks about. In where I think he calls it the new Apple display is severely underrated 
which is like scandalous. What do you mean? You, didn't you, is that a typo? You meant overpriced? Right. Uh, but no. Uh, it's effective. Like this display, given the space that it's competing in, it's actually very cheap and way better than most of the, you know every other display. So that's why it's underrated. With that said, that space that it's competing in, that market, is very much not the market right. that I'm in. <laughs> um, so just just like quick update, I guess, the more I've been thinking about this, um, well, two things. One is like I just wish that they would still address this market that I'm in, which is the market that we were in before they decided not to build displays anymore. Um, and where just take the panel that I have on the iMac and just, you know, put that in a nice enclosure and sell it. Um, it's like the Thunderbolt 2, whatever, uh, display. Uh, but the more I think about it, I think I, I'm i not going to buy the Mac Pro, even though I really want to. Um, I'll probably, I think I'm going to buy an iMac Pro. Ooh. But with that said, I'm going to wait on the new update because I think it would be silly to buy one now. Um, th- that case is very much already like very old yeah. design. Um, you know, so that's probably what I'm going to do. What I do know is that I don't want to work on this laptop <laughs> for too long. Right. If it if it makes you feel so. better, the uh, product manager on the uh Apple Pro Display, I forget the name, uh, XDR or something, um, is mm-hmm. also the product manager on iMac. <laughs> so, seems like... Uh, I don't know if that makes me feel better. Uh, it means that uh, they were busy working on the Pro Display and not working on a new iMac. <laughs> Maybe, but now <laughs> the Pro know. Display is out, so, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's true. Might still have like It'll be another I honestly I feel like you almost have at least a year of waiting before yeah. you get your new iMac Pro, but um I think it has to be coming. Like oh. they can't keep that design for like twenty years, you know, like they have to really? have to change it at one point. I'm hoping I, I would still see an update this year, but maybe that's asking too much. We'll um, see. Maybe. Anyway. Okay, that's it for follow-up. We are done. Uh, Kevin, before we get to our main topic, do you want to tell us about our dear sponsor? Yes. So our sponsor this week is Abstract. And you might be wondering, what is Abstract? Abstract is design workflow management for product teams using Sketch. The workflows and tools available to growing design teams are still largely behind the times, especially when you compare to the tools used by developers. We spend a frustrating amount of time searching for files, exporting them from one tool and importing them into another, consolidating feedback from multiple sources, and quite frankly, never really knowing what changes have been incorporated and approved. So Abstract is your team's source of truth. So it's kind of like GitHub, but for designers. It brings all of your design workflow into a single unified place for designers, developers, and stakeholders to collaborate and keep work moving forward. With Abstract, you can version design files, present work, request reviews, collect feedback, and give developers direct access to all specs, all in one place. In just two years, Abstract has already over 100,000 users and is used by companies like Intuit, Zappos, MailChimp, Shopify, We Use It, uh, Netlify, and thousands of others. Uh, and personally, like I can't imagine how we would manage our design system without Abstract. Uh, they also just uh, released a new blog post uh, about their SDK, which allows you to like use um, kind of like their APIs that they provide 
to do a lot of really cool stuff. Um, so it's super exciting. If you're interested, you can sign your team up for a free 30-day trial by heading over to abstract.com. Uh, and if you tweet at them, so that's at GoAbstract, and mention us at LayoutFM, you'll be entered for a chance to win a $500 credit to their business plan. So that seems like a pretty good deal. Uh, our thanks to Abstract for sponsoring this week's episode of Layout. Let's, let's get to our main topic. Uh, you tweeted... Damn it, I swiped wrong and then on Safari I went back. So I lost the notes. That's very annoying. I was so ready. I was on a roll. I'm so sorry. So you tweeted uh, May 16th, uh, what is your biggest challenge right now? Which is a very, you know, just generic question, but it does trigger like some cool answers. Um, You also followed up your tweet by saying that, uh, and I quote, my biggest challenge is figuring out how to grow my impact without spreading myself too thin. So, Kevin Clark, I thought uh, we could talk about this. Actually, you did. But <laughs> um, do, <laughs> uh, do you want to get us started? And do you do you want to? I just love how you tried to take credit for this. <laughs> then I was like, oh, actually, no. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I don't want. I don't want to lie. I can't lie. I don't want to lie to you all this. That would be. I can, yeah. So, Kevin, Mr. Kevin Clark, do you want to say more about this? Yeah. Um, I thought this would be kind of an interesting topic. So, I've had a lot of people like message me after the suite uh, privately and stuff. They're like, what is going on? Like, are you okay? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> um, but I just thought this was an interesting question because that's something I think a lot about personally. Um, and I also feel like it's something that we as an industry in general, like tend not to talk, to talk about as much. Um, or at least like, I think people are pretty open, like when you ask the question, but it's not necessarily something where I think most people would tweet like, Oh, I'm really like struggling with this right now, (laughs) you know? Um, Mm -hmm. and I think like to me at least that's super interesting to know like the stuff that i'm struggling with or that are challenges a challenge to me because those are the things that i should be working on and those are potentially the things that i can get help with um so my idea was like okay let me just like tweet this and see uh if people actually like reply anything (laughs) in the first place but two i set myself a challenge with this tweet uh, and I hope that I've actually succeeded. Uh, I haven't gone through and read all my replies, but my uh, challenge for myself was I am not allowed to give people advice <laughs> when they reply to me. Um, because in so many, so many aspects, I find that it's easy. Like when someone tells you like, oh, I'm struggling with this. Or you're like, oh, you should do this. You should try that. You should do this. Um, so in hmm. all my replies, I was aiming to ask more questions to understand better, like what they were challenged uh, with and empathize more and also um, ask people about what their solutions were, like what, what is their plans? Um, And I think like that just ended up resulting in one of my, like some of my favorite Twitter exchanges in a while. So. I mean, like, I don't necessarily want to go through, like, people's, like, you know, answers. But I think there's 
a wide range from, you know, hey, like I'm trying to figure out who I am to like climate change is a big problem to like, hey, I've just like had to move on a really short notice or someone uh, who's like trying to figure out a design problem. That's like really tricky. Um, And I just think it's cool. Like we should be more open about these challenges Mm -hmm. and having more of these conversations. Um, So, yeah, that was kind of like the premise, I'd say, for my tweets. Uh, My tweet, we can talk about maybe what we're challenged uh, with at the moment and maybe like start the conversation there what do you think it's not going to be very designy related uh but i i'd love to talk about it um hey listeners you like us to be uh, for, to be open <laughs> i got some openness for you uh can i just say also i think you you touched on like you weren't you weren't sure if people would open up um but you were kind of surprised that you know a lot of them did uh, I think I think we as people we want to be open, but it's just scary out there, right? And you don't like you feel vulnerable, so you usually don't because mm-hmm. it's it's like a defense mechanism. And so when 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 you do something like this, you know you you open the stage, like you ask the question, so you're asking for people to be open, and then you yourself also follow uh, your own you know prompt, and you are open. Um, That'll like that that'll that gives some security. It allows for people to just come out and just be a bit more open than they usually would be. Uh, you know, in this case, like this is a tweet. This is very much public, right? right. Um, not only public, it's the internet, meaning like it can it'll be out there, right? Like once you let this message out, then you can really control it. Um, a lot of this also can be applied uh, in your own company, in your own team. I feel like we especially for like new hires or whatever, uh, if we have the forum, if we have the space to be open and vulnerable and don't expect, like you're not going to be judged, you're not going to be criticized. Uh, like the, it's like a safe space. This sounds very cliche, but um, I've seen that that work really well. And that's one thing that people keep saying that they, they like that, right? Yeah. They, they like that that time and place to just talk about their feelings and talk about some of the, their problems and talk about also some of the things that they really like. Um, and are going well. So overall, this is just a theme in, like, it applies to a lot of uh, things, but I think we as humans, we like to be open, right? That's that's what we crave, just to be very personal and true. Um, so we should we should try to do this more often, right? Like, incentivize people to just, you know, speak their mind. Yeah, it's, totally. It's okay. I was going to judge you. It's fine. Yeah, and I think like there's something interesting even like for yourself, like even if you don't feel like sharing with other people to identify and like put the finger on like what is the problem you're trying to solve. Like I, you know, you've probably heard me say this a million times on this podcast, uh and I certainly do say it a million times in, in person also, but like um I think that applies to the project you're working on, but also applies to you. Like you can't get better and achieve your goals if you don't know what you need to improve. So just being able to like articulate what is that challenge. And I think like even going to a further extent, like actually writing it, like writing something just makes it true, <laughs> like makes it real in many ways. <laughs> um, so actually being able to do that is like the first step towards solving it. Um so yeah, no, I yeah. think it's definitely like it's it's gonna be something that I probably try 
uh, to do as a recurring thing. So you can expect in like maybe like in six months, like for me to ask this question again and to also offer up like what is my biggest challenge right now? Because uh, I think it's interesting to see like our own evolutions, but also I think it's something that you should always be constantly asking. Can we expect uh, like a true Tuesday, you know, or <laughs> maybe I don't know. <laughs> Open Wednesdays. Uh, something like that. Um, nice. Yeah. Someone's got to find like, like a good hashtag for it. Let us know. Let us know. <laughs> so you need. Um, okay, so dude, should I just answer this? What is my biggest challenge right now? If you want to, or I, I can talk about my challenge. Okay, uh, let's let's talk with your first because I think that's more pertinent to our listeners. Because I'm just gonna get very emotional right here, not talking about design. So that's probably a waste. So uh, let's start with no, yours. I mean, like you know, it's totally valid. I like. I don't think you should feel bad about it or feel you know no i don't feel bad i just uh, i just have a hunch that that's not the content our listeners are looking for so let's start with yours so they don't tune out (laughs) during mine all right all right i'm i am sure i'm sure our listeners want to hear whatever we have to talk about but anyways um stay tuned (laughs) so yeah, yeah exactly um yeah so mine is like what I said, this is what I wrote. Um, and again, like this is past me speaking here. So I don't know, like maybe things have changed <laughs> a little bit since, but um, my biggest challenge is figuring out how to grow my impact without spreading myself too thin. Um, and I think like sort of what I meant by that is that uh, when I sort of like became a manager, I think it was something that like opened up a lot of possibilities for me where like i felt like i was before i was like in this i had this bottleneck of like the amount of time and energy i personally had to work on something was like the limiting factor and i could like realistically only take on one project um and then it was like oh all of a sudden like i've have all these new skills and capabilities and things like i have this way to do more than just on my own I was like, great, like, this is fantastic. This is amazing. Love it. You know, and I think I've like grown how much stuff that I do, like working on multiple projects with multiple teams. Um, Also, like having a bunch of like different side projects, like Montreal Design Club being one where I like we've really scaled the team up with like tons of really awesome people. Um, Shout out to Kesson who's listening to this show, probably. and, uh, but one thing that I've been feeling lately is like, I'm kind of seeing in some ways the limit of that. And I think this is probably like, that I'm just like ready for like another step. But in many ways, like, I feel like, oh, like this thing that was supposed to be great of like, hey, now like you're going to be able to scale your impact exponentially and do so much more that you could do on your own. Now I'm kind of in a situation where it's like, okay, like, now I'm like managing a bunch of teams and that's great. But now my time is like fully occupied. Like it's f- used at a 100%, if not more. And it's like, huh, like this does, did not go <laughs> somehow like as planned. Like th- this is not the uh, hockey stick <laughs> growth than i thought it would be um that like actually like this levels out also um somehow so and then so what's been interesting now is like okay like how do i 
keep this growth. And like, I'm of two minds about it. Like in some ways I am thinking a lot about like, uh, being content with what I have like that, that that's something that I feel like maybe I need to practice a little bit more um outside of me really wants to kind of like let go of this idea that hey I need to be more or I need to do more or you know like that my self-worth as a person is it just in like what I produce what I make and like you know maybe it's fine if I do less stuff or maybe you know maybe the impact I'm having is okay um for me and for others, right? Uh, but the other side of me is like, yeah, but you could do so much more. Like, there's so many things that I would want to do um, that I still can't do. Um, and I also feel like, you know, all the stuff that I'm doing now, yeah, it's working. But it also requires me basically to work all the time. Like, it's like the stuff that's happening right now is not fully autonomous. Um, so it's kind of like, huh, like, how do I keep, yeah, how do I keep scaling things um, and try to set some things up so that I have time again sort of in my life to, like, tackle different things that I want to tackle? So, like, the boring answer is probably, like, you need middle managers, basically. Um, but, like, that is also, like, really hard. Like, I've... I feel like I found a way that it's like, oh yeah, like I can work with individual contributors and like grow them, work with them, teach them, all that stuff. I found that a little bit more challenging, like finding other leaders in many aspects. And I think like in some ways, like uh, with some people, it's easier than others. Like I don't want to say like that, you know, I have none of that, but I've, I found that more challenging. So anyways, that's kind of this, the, the type of challenges that I'm, thinking about these days i think like like you said the the answer is most likely you just have to offload some of your responsibilities and let someone else take those so you have free up more time to do more things um but also just doing that requires time to look and you know yes. find these people <laughs> and time is already something you don't have that's the, that's your problem to begin with so it's really hard i think to to go over that hill right yeah um because it needs to get worse before it gets better totally yeah uh, and that is scary and hard to you know hard to go over <laughs> as speaking of the, still on the hill metaphor <laughs> um so i honestly don't really know uh i struggle with some of this as well myself um yeah totally i had a really good conversation with my friend frank um who kind of like put me back in my place, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> but basically it was like reminded me like, Hey, you, you dummy. Like, um, <laughs> uh, you know how to solve this. He was like, look, like stop, you know, stop complaining <laughs> and you need to address it the same way that like, you're supposed to address things as like a, a leader. Like he's like, step one is you need to document all the things. Right. So like literally everything that's in your brain, like you need to write it down, put it on a piece of paper and make it easy. Like you want to make it as simple. Step one, download OmniFocus. <laughs> well, you know, that's not necessarily like yeah, yeah, yeah. doing a to do list. And I think he, and he didn't meant as like keep a 
to uh, to do list for yourself, but more as a document how things are done or need to be done so that you then have a blueprint for how you can offload these things to other people. Um, and like, if you're starting to like write out the stuff that you have to do, then it's easier to explain to someone like, Oh, like here's mm. how you do this thing or here's why I do this. So Interesting. step one is like document all the things. Step two is like, um, find opportunities where, or things where it's like, I don't have to do it like i just need someone to do it <laughs> where i feel like mm-hmm. i have less of a um, unique take or unique perspective that i'm bringing to the table um so that's like an inter- always an interesting exercise like what do you feel like is important to you and that is important that like mm-hmm. you do uh versus something that you know someone else could be doing um and yeah just figure out like what the challenges they're gonna have right like the same way with design is like you know people struggle with a few different types of problems so figure out what those are um in establishing kind of like more leadership skills and grow them in that way um but we'll see like i'm just finding that like a lot of this is like oh boy like this is just like so much work (laughs) Which like kind of makes yeah. sense, but it's it's just like oh god, like everything now becomes so complicated. Like now I'm managing like a huge org, like where things used to be simple of like hey, I'll just go tell this person. It's like ah, uh, now it's like you know you're you're driving like a huge boat. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I think it's definitely something that I'll keep trying to get better at. Um. And if I feel like it's not where I want to go, then I think I can also just like learn to be comfortable, get comfortable where I am. And I don't know if that's bad. Like maybe, maybe this is terrible. Maybe I shouldn't say this. <laughs> um, but I think like in many ways, oh. like our industry is like so focused on like performance and, you know, like work more and all of these things. And I'm starting to realize that like, hey, like that's not all that there is in life. Like I, I feel like I used to have a lot of things that I needed to prove to the world. Like, Hey, like look world, like I can do, I'm a okay designer or like, look world, I can do a talk. Look world. Like I can do these things. And more and more now I feel like I kind of don't really have that anymore. Uh, and that like, that's not to brag, but it's just like, you know, you're get to a certain point and oh, i yeah. just feel like oh yeah like i've you know i've done a lot of things that i wanted to do um and now the thing that i'm finding that i want to optimize for is happiness um <laughs> uh, and it's like what what makes me happy like what is like how do i want to spend my time which is like yeah. in a way like i feel very conflicted about that because uh, there is a very big drive for me to be like no like do not settle like do like more better like be more ambitious be you know be more hungry you know stay hungry stay foolish um but but uh, i mean come on no i have i have to yeah being happy and like looking for these other things not work related they're part of the ambition Oh yeah, like, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's not, even harder. No, no, to sorry. Achieve. It's it's not like being happy versus like doing more. It's 
like what I want to optimize for is be happy. But then how do I be happy? There's kind of two paths. There's either get more or like, you know, do more stuff, like bigger things, whatever, or learn to appreciate what you have. Right. And I've always like felt very strongly that I'm like in the camp of like more like what I want in life is not yeah. just appreciate. I want to like change the world in a way, you know, like as cliche as that sounds um, or make a dent yeah, on no. the universe yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I'm now seeing more of the other side and like understanding a lot more of the other side of like, yeah, like maybe, you know, like everything will go away like that. It's just like I should maybe I should just learn to embrace now and you know enjoy that i don't know maybe i've been I think meditating it's all too much. like i think we talked about this maybe just ambition in general as a topic but uh um it's not that we are actively choosing to like be driven and be more ambitious and not settle instead of appreciating what you have i think it's like you're we're all trying to be happy with ourselves with our lives and for us you know and we're also different with you, you and you and I, but like for us, what makes us happy is to be driven, is to be ambitious. Mm -hmm. That that's what makes us at peace with ourselves. Because if I'm not, if I feel quote unquote that I'm settling in my career or whatever, that does make me unhappy. Right. So it's not that I choose to be ambitious; it's just a trait of my personality, and that's what I. That's what makes me, you know, satisfied, mm -hmm. and that's what makes me happy. So um, don't feel like oh. I am not being happy and appreciative of what I have because I am ambitious. Yeah, I think it's the happiness, like it's not in one camp or the other. The happiness is all, you know, it's just a, it, it covers both spectrums, I think. Yeah. Um, it's funny you say that because that's very much, not very much, but that's that's very similar to what, what I would consider my biggest challenge right now. Um it also has to do about like this balance of career and, and just, I don't want to call it like personal life because that's, it's the same. Your career is part of your personal life, you know, <laughs> it's your life, whatever. Um, uh, like I was, the weight that I would give um, my, my career, my profession, like design stuff, tech stuff, um, like the way that it had, in making me happy um, was way heavier than it is now. If I had like to just tip the scales right now, right? Like as I grow older and not just older as in like age, but also I've achieved more in my career, right? Mm -hmm. I've seen more, I've, I've learned and experienced more. So I don't, I'm not that hungry. Right. Cause right. <laughs> I had some food. <laughs> um, so that's why I feel like I've I've been feeling the the scales tipping and like actually to make me just happy and and healthy uh, psychologically like I have to devote more time to other aspects of my life. Would that be just friendships and just hang out with friends and cultivate that friendship in those relationships, or you know the fact that I moved to a different country and city? I, I I've felt like i need to explore and learn more about mm -hmm. the environment and this culture and uh, all, culture and all that um and like i need a bigger portion of that in my life than just my career yeah even to make me happy at my job i feel like if i because before you know when i was you know 
21, 22, whatever, if I worked like 100% of my time, <laughs> my waking hours, um, that was fine. Like I felt happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I wanted to do. That's what I would naturally lean to, right, towards. Um, and right now that is definitely not the case. Like if I just work um, and just focus on these problems, not just work, you know, for Netlify, but if I just focus on the tech industry and design and all the things that, you know, that, that I like and, I, and I'm interested in, that is definitely not enough. Like I need to devote more time to other stuff. Um, and I've been extremely lucky and blessed that I've, I've, I have a very healthy, strong, beautiful relationship with Deborah. And so that, like that part of my life is like, I'm, I'm good. So I, I've been able to also not waste a lot of time in boy, that sounds terrible. <laughs> Uh, like devote more time to that right? because I've been able to also focus more on my career because I had that, right? I was lucky to have that. Mm-hmm. But I want more, right? I want maybe kids one day. Uh, I want to, you know, I want to cultivate this family, maybe buy a house one day or whatever. Those cliche, those things that are very cliche, but like they're true. Like, I, I don't know. I've been feeling more and more that those things are important and I need to devote my attention also to it. Um in how this whole thing impacts my life in who I am following Greg, uh, Greg's tweet, like finding out uh, who the hell I am. It's part of that as well. Mm-hmm. Like, cause I've been so much defined by what I do and by what I produce and by my, you know, my work and all I've been like, if, if, if that changes, do I still, does also change the definition who I am no clue. Whatever. Like I'm, at, I'm at peace with this, right. but still, is, is something that is I'm actively trying to process, mm-hmm. right? Because I don't want to fight it. I don't want to like resist the my just natural inclinations and my natural um, interests and all. Uh, I just want to like let it go and like let me be who I am. And but I need to process all this. Like I'm redefining myself as well, just as I get older. So yeah, no, it's. <laughs> Are we getting older? <laughs> I love that in in this episode you've announced a new version of uh, Break the Safe, and <laughs> you you're gonna have kids and buy a house. <laughs> so uh, all the announcements one day <laughs> on an, in, on in the time scale yeah. maybe ding. <laughs> Heck, even the bell is a reference. Yeah, like full, oh my full circle. Everything we do is a reference. <laughs> Everything is a remix. Uh, God damn it. Okay. Well, this the, this was heavy. Uh, this is a good place to 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 stop, I think, and uh, move on. I need I need to cool down before we get to recommendations. Do you want, is there something light that we can that we can talk about? Uh, what's going on in the news? Yeah. Did you see the new Dropbox app? So I've seen a tweet about something. The new Dropbox. Like the new Dropbox. What are you did- talking about? And then I I had to Google it. So then I eventually found it. Uh, so now, yes, I've seen the new Dropbox. <laughs> Did you see uh, Sebastian <laughs> DeWitt's tweet? <laughs> like, new Dropbox, uh, I dub it Slackbox. <laughs> I was like, uh-huh. so perfect. Um, yeah, so basically, Dropbox seems to want to make its own finder, <laughs> is effectively how I understand it. Uh, this app is very strange. Um... So okay, there's there's so much to this. 
So, okay, let, let's start by describing. I don't know if people, I mean, we're going to post this in the future. Uh, so probably people have time to look at it. But uh, so this is a new app, um, a native well, a desktop app. It's definitely not native. This doesn't look native at all. So I'm just going to assume it's another Electron app, but a desktop app. Um, and when it brings together, like, what do you know about Dropbox? Like, so your files, I assume, in stuff like paper and some of those documents. But then it connects all the other tools like like Google Docs and even Slack and like Zoom for meetings. So you have this, it's like the central hub for your work communication stuff. Um, this is very confusing to me, Kevin. This is very like, how would this work? I don't. I don't know. Like <laughs> this, this whole thing is very is so strange. Um, ba- well, I've been using it. Like I just I literally just downloaded it. Um, I can see all my folders, and I guess for Dropbox, it's probably a lot easier to work with some files being on the cloud, some files being local to your computer when they control the entire system, like the entire app. Um, so I think this is probably one of the big motivating factor, but I don't think like nobody wants to start a Google doc from Dropbox. Like that, that just like breaks my brain a little bit (laughs) of like where these things are. Um, and somehow at least like my version here, doesn't have paper, (laughs) which is the one thing that I would expect to find in here. Hmm. Uh, I can create new folders or create Google docs. Or a shortcut, which I'm not sure what this is for, but uh, but I can't do a paid a paper document, which is very strange. Um, so I don't know. Like I, I just think this app is very strange. I'm not sure. I like I, I really don't think that people will use it. <laughs> um, and uh, but one thing that I find interesting uh, is that it merges files and notes together. So basically, if you go to any folder at the top, you have like basically an empty text field where you can type in whatever you want and there's you can put lists and check boxes and ats and stuff like that. And I think like that's the one aspect of it that I find interesting because it's sort of rethinking the concept of like, okay, what are files? <laughs> what are files? What are what are you know folders on your computer? Um and uh I think especially in a, a work context a lot of files like require additional context around them. And I think this allows you to do that where it's like, Oh, like, I don't know. Like maybe you have, um, I don't know. Some of your, like the, if the problem is like, I'm thinking of like, anything that I'm thinking of is not a thing that's in Dropbox. <laughs> it's like, for example, like, Oh, like say like this Google doc or something. It's like, you know, this, these are docs that show, how we do things and like if you need to make changes like talk to this person maybe or like but this is a thing that will then live in google docs so i don't know i find that strange or i was thinking like say a design file like you know uh, maybe it's like you want to tell people like here's how you update our design system but all of that stuff is in abstract not in dropbox um so i don't know i i think there's like one interesting idea in this app but a lot of it feels like we deeply do not want to uh die and go away <laughs> but as mm-hmm. a user i'm kind of like yeah but like what i want is literally just like a folder that sinks <laughs> i don't i don't want a big crazy app well you would say that but that's clear i don't think just basic 
file syncing thing, you know, what you would just think of Dropbox as. I don't think that's a viable market anymore. Oh, yeah. No, every I agree. other company offers the same for cheaper, probably. Yeah. Um, so they feel like they're dying. I just assume all their growth is gone. <laughs> um, and then Dropbox, Dropbox is a very interesting company, but also kind of tragic, I feel like. <laughs> well, maybe that's not fair. Uh, like Dropbox started as a innovative product, amazing. Uh, it always had like big design like component to it that I always admired. Um, then they had the, that weird phase in where they try to be more of a like lifestyle thing and they right. had carousel which i still miss every day not really but i still miss i loved it dearly um mailbox yeah. they acquired mailbox and so they were trying to do like lifestyle like consumer type of products and then they realized oh shit we can't really compete with this because the os like the big platforms they will own this space you know like so if you want to have carousel well now you're competing with the built-in you know, Google Photos and, and, and iOS Photos app. So I assume that's probably why they decided to scratch that. And then they had Paper, which was very successful. And then all of a sudden, I think they, they, they realized that maybe by accident, I don't know if this was like a strategy on their end, but like they realized, oh, you're sure, uh, money is in the enterprise and Paper actually positioned itself as a big popular tool among teams and, and just companies. Uh, so let's focus on that. And then... Now, you know, for a long time, paper was like the probably the, the best tool in that space. But then now you get a lot of other tools and you get Dakotas and you get Notion, um, you know, uh, and you get all this stuff. And I feel like they, they need to have more. They need to control mm-hmm. it more. And the more I see this, like what, what they're doing with paper and what now they're doing this app, I just remember that one meeting that they had at Apple with Steve Jobs and where Steve Jobs said, you're not a product, you're a feature. (laughs) And they're like, no, we're not. And it was great. But like in hindsight, I just, I wonder if that one meeting with Steve Jobs like still haunts, um, (laughs) you know, um, I forget his name, but that's Dropbox CEO every day. Is it Drew Hoffman? Well, Drew, yeah, Drew, yeah. I, I wonder. It has to be tough, this man. Like, like, it's really hard. It's one of these things, right? Where it's like Steve Jobs literally like had that like that one sound bite, you know, in the span of like maybe thirty <laughs> seconds. And uh-huh. gosh darn it, like years later, it's so like man was like not wrong, you know? <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> it was like frustrate being frustratingly right about something. It was like really annoying. Um like I think that yeah, like Dropbox could be more than files. And I think like they've shown, for example, like paper, I think, you know, they've definitely provided a lot of value with paper. Yeah. But it's like, I feel like here they're trying to mix files in too much. Like like the Dropbox files product should literally just be a folder that syncs. Um, and then if you want to do crazy shit, like you mentioned, for example, Notion, like why don't Dropbox buy Notion? And just be like, look, this is going to be like, we're going to make the future of paper. And it's going to be this crazy like place where companies can have like entire, you know, like wikis. And like, this is where like all the written content for your company happens. And it's super powerful. And you can do these like crazy things. Like that seems to fit in with Dropbox mission um, and provide a little bit more than just file sharing. 
Or, for example, like even, you know, going back when they had Mailbox, I get that Mailbox, like it's really hard to do a mail client because, you know, the competition with the OS, as you mentioned, but also like it's kind of it's expensive and like consumers don't want to pay for an email client. Um, but I don't know if you've heard of um, of Superhuman. It's like what yeah. what people on uh, Dubai Friday refer to as the asshole email client, uh, but yes. uh, it's like a it's a paid email client that's like very um, I think it's like ten bucks a month or something. Um, mm-hmm. That's like I think becoming more, very popular. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, so you know they've found a way to to make money there. Like maybe they could have been that. Like maybe they could have been the. Um, you know, the high-end, like, power user email client that, yeah, sure, like, you're not going to get everyone to use it, but uh, you can get all your business users to, like, really be addicted to it. But it seems like they didn't, that didn't pan out either. So, yeah, I don't know. Dropbox is in a weird spot. Like, also, uh, Apple just announced that you can now do uh, the folder sharing in iCloud, which is like, mm-hmm. to be honest, like at this point, I feel like I really want to give iCloud a try. Like once um, all the new OSs are out in the in September. Yeah, same. Because um, it's like Dropbox is more and more like frustratingly just annoying. Like it does a lot of weird crap to your system uh, that I kind of don't want to deal with anymore. Uh, and that was effectively the last feature that I needed. The, the Dropbox also increases the price. Is like I'm already paying for, I think two terabytes of iCloud at this point. Um, so it's kind of like maybe I need to just simplify things and just go all in iCloud. So I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds. Yeah, just by using it right now, like it, it requires such a like a just a, I don't know what I call it, like a mental shift. Like you have to see. See this as the Finder replacement, which is already such a you know it's like it's it's the base of how your computer works. <laughs> um, it's asking a lot, but by the way, I just went on our our own Layout FM shared folder, and I I was not expecting this to work, but I if you double click on a zip, it would create you know unzip it locally, create you know all that our new our all of our tips and tricks and whatever, and it worked. Um, I think it's designed like it's it looks it looks super good. I think it looks good. As like just honestly as a web thing. Yeah, it looks very <laughs> but, electron. Yeah, no, this is totally like a web thing, but it looks good as a website. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, like as just pure UI, I think it looks cool, it looks fresh. Um but yeah, this I mean this is asking too much. And you can't like so one thing that I would like to do is and I think it makes perfect sense in this context of like Dropbox power users like using the service as they want us to use it. Um, like we have, uh, we like me and you for this show, we have the shared Dropbox folder. Uh, we use uh, also uh, what do you call it, Selective Sync or whatever it's called, mm-hmm. Smart Sync, in where all of your all of our old episodes then get like archived and just taken offline, but still in Dropbox. So we're using all of their features. We use paper for all of our show notes. Like, we're... Layout FM is deep into the Dropbox ecosystem. Um, and with this app, we can't even just, like, bring it all together. Like, I, it would make sense 
using the app to be in our layout folder and then create a new show note, like create a new paper doc. And right now that's, some, that's something you can't do. You can create a Google doc, which is a competitor to paper, which is also kind of weird. But yeah, I mean, this is still beta probably, but it's, I don't, I'm not very confident of the success of this. Yeah. Like, honestly, I think the answer for us in the fall would be, um, move to iCloud Drive for the show. And then uh, Notes now allows you to share a folder in Notes. So could do like all of our show notes I did not know directly that. be there in, in the Notes app. And like, because even paper is like kind of annoying, like in some ways, like it's it's gotten, I, I find very slow over time. We don't mm. really use any like crazy features um like notes would actually be easier i think for for us to just deal with so i I would miss martin though i gotta say a tiny bit but you know what i've started to realize that i don't really want markdown in a lot of stuff like um uh, for example like i used to take notes in ia writer (laughs) and it's kind Mm -hmm. of annoying because like when you i want to read the notes i don't want to read like the you know star underline things like i just want to see the preview so i've become a lot more uh more happy with like just notes uh even though notes is like totally frustrating in the way they typeset stuff um i just i just find that like in that freaking texture God yeah it, yeah man. the paper texture is very terrible uh but if you get over all of that then i feel like for the majority of my notes like i am fine using a uh you know a uh, uh, GUI for a lot of that stuff. So, anyways, I don't know. Um, I think it's we'll see where Dropbox goes in the future. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm becoming less and less of a fan. Okay, well, uh, let's let's head out to recommendations as usual. Uh, Kevin Clark, do you want to get us started? Yes. Uh, so my first recommendation is this thing called Mercury OS. Uh, it's uh, something that came out a little while ago, I think like a week or two weeks ago, uh, by our friend, uh, Jason Yuan. I'm not sure how we pronounce the last name, but, um, it's basically a, uh, total reimagination of what a sort of like modern operating system would be. Um, it's presented as like a totally speculative, you know, redesign, or it's not really a redesign. It's like, let's create like a brand new operating system and here's how it would work. Uh, So this is obviously not real, um, but I think Jason is like, I'd say probably like the number one person who makes these kinds of like reimagining or like, you know, mm-hmm. sort of redesigns that are actually thoughtful and actually bring something to the conversation. Um, so uh, this has like a lot of like really interesting idea of like how you interact with different um, different tasks on the computer. Like it's a lot more fluid. Like it's not based on files. It's more based on your context, and you can kind of like build in your own sort of like workflows and actions and it works entirely on the touchscreen it's kind of hard to describe like over voice uh but he's made like a whole website about it that shows kind of like how they work and how um he's thinking about a lot of these interactions um like we've talked a lot about how hey like it seems like 
you know, a lot of the UI design is kind of boring these days. Uh, this is not boring. Like, this is totally exploring a lot of crazy concepts, doing in different, going in different directions uh, that we're used to. And I think it's good. Like, I would love to see more of stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, like, I definitely think it's worth uh, taking a look at that. And honestly, like, you'll probably uh, get some inspiration from it. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. My recommendation is a Netflix show. I tweeted about this. So if you follow me on Twitter. Spoilers. Um, it's a Netflix comedy show. Like, and it's called I Think You Should Leave. And it's the funniest thing. It's the also the most stupid thing I've seen <laughs> in a long time. It's just one of those things. Like, I can totally understand if you watch this and you're like, I didn't think this was funny. <laughs> I totally understand. I completely understand if you think this is just plain stupid. Uh, to me, it was just the right amount of stupid <laughs> to be just so funny. So, so, so funny. Um, so check it out. I think you should leave. It's like one season. Every like It's very short episodes. So I, binge, I watched this like from beginning to end in one sitting. Mm. I just played it. I had no idea what I was in for. And, you know, I watched the whole thing. So um i think it should leave on netflix interesting yeah i heard uh, max temkin was talking about it saying he was saying hmm. that it's very good so yeah i'll, I'll check it out uh, okay um anything else or yeah so i have i have another to... recommendation that's a bit of a weird recommendation oh, okay. that i never thought i would recommend um but recently oh i just look <laughs> i i have I got the notification, like the dreaded notification. I don't know if you've ever gotten it, that it's like, your system is running low on storage and this might affect like, your apps or whatever. I was like, oh, interesting. Like I have 500, um, you know, gigabytes on, on this hard drive. I'm like, how, how far am, am I? So I look and I'm like, holy crap, I have like maybe 20 gigs left on this computer. Uh, and then like my, just the system portion was like several hundred gigs of storage. I was like, whoa, what is that? Why why is it so much? Um so basically I like a lot of people on Twitter were suggesting a bunch of things. And TLDR is like, yep, all the things. Like we're all all the reasons that people name. Like <laughs> I had all of them. <laughs> um so uh, the autosave on Sketch basically like saves a cache on your computer of a lot of the folders. And I'm not sure if it's Sketch's fault or if it's, you know, macOS's fault. But it seems like that cache doesn't really get cleared as often as it should. Um, so it'll happen very often that you'll get like several gigs of just, you know, a cache that's sitting on your computer. Um, similar thing Holy happening pants. with Xcode and a lot of old simulator for like you know four versions Classic. of ios ago um also like build basically old builds of apps that it saved like some data from stuff like that so anyways like clearing xcode alone was i think about 80 gigs <laughs> oh like just like totally useless like you can delete with no consequences uh, things on my computer um mm -hmm. and i was trying to use like the tools that were providing by the us but honestly like they are very very limited and 
do not help you at all if like what you're trying to uh, eliminate is the system stuff. So the app that I want to recommend is Clean My Mac X or 10, depending <laughs> on how you think it should be pronounced. Um, and uh, it's kind of a weird app. Like there's lots of like there's this is basically like this big intro video that plays in the app with like tons of animations and it has these big icons and like one of the ca- corners of the 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 window is like more rounded than the others like that it's like a stylistic choice that they made one like real rounded uh anyways it's a weird app but it is so good <laughs> like it will identify all the places that um you have like huge files like they have this thing where it's um old files that are taking a lot of space so they're trying to like rank the files or like okay what is like the oldest thing the thing you haven't touched in forever that's taking the most space on your computer that you can delete uh kind of like show you that they also like uh inspect specifically xcode and like trying to find all these ways that you can get back that space so i've been basically able to like go from you know, several gigabytes to like around 50 gigabytes for system. So, um, I, it, you know, it's, I totally recommend this app now. Like, <laughs> um, it really, uh, really saved my butt. So, uh, yeah, good little app. I always thought clean my Mac was a, like a virus. No, that's <laughs> Mac keeper. Oh, that's Mac keeper. Okay. <laughs> Thank God. Um, Cool. Okay. Well, I also just checked, and uh, apparently, I also have 250 gigs of system See? storage. Um, the app I use to effectively like to check, well, the app that I open when I'm running out of storage, uh, it's called Daisy Disk. So it 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 won't do all of that, like you know, like smart judgment on the files well these are the old files that i think you want so it's not it, it doesn't have any of the smarts but it just shows you like in a cool graph ui whatever like all the the files that are taking up space and you can like dig through you know folders like well your library is taking up 80 percent, so you can dig right. through the, the library and then just just find out so you make the judgment you you decide what you know what files you want to delete or not um so I don't know. This is not my, my recommendation, but <laughs> yeah, I and do recommend it. <laughs> Clean My Mac also has a, a very similar view. Cool. Well, uh, that's it for recommendations, and that's it for the show. Uh, we have one little, just small little announcement, I guess. Um, Kevin, we we very much in the theme of our main topic today, and um, you're feeling your spreading yourself too thin and just effectively we need to take back control of our time and stuff very much in that theme we layout fm um we're taking a little summer break yeah like i mean you know like as with many things in life i think you uh have to take breaks you can't just keep going all the time um and i think it's important for for us like you know the same and the same thing applies to you the listener but like that after you've been doing a thing for a really long time like you should take some time off to gain like better perspectives and just become more come back more refreshed um so we're just gonna take a a little summer break um we're gonna you know enjoy life 
have a bunch of uh of time just to, like at the beach or whatever like you know we're, we're things we're gonna do you can keep up with us uh, on instagram and the twitters and all these things we will be back um like we might not even take like the full summer to be honest like <laughs> we're gonna take a couple weeks uh just recharge our batteries uh and come back to you with more awesome episodes uh and keep the show going so um yeah we'll uh we'll announce all yeah. that when we'll be back uh, otherwise like you don't have to do anything like the shows will come back to your podcast client uh when we'll uh we'll be back from our summer break and in the meantime if you want to get in touch with us you can reach us on twitter uh we are at layout fm you can follow me on twitter at rafahari and kevin is at vernal kick i believe our instagram handles are the same yep i think it is for me um anyway uh and you can find links to all the other episodes so maybe if you're because you're gonna have a couple of weeks to to of, of new new episodes you might want to listen to old episodes uh you can find all that in our website that's layout.fm um this show is part of a bigger family of podcasts uh if you did not know and that uh that family is called spec fm it's our spec fm family the f stands for family <laughs> Um, you can check them out uh, and look at all the other podcasts that they that they have over at the website that's spec.fm and lastly our thanks to our sponsor once again for uh, supporting uh, Layout uh, and that's Abstract so again check them out at abstract.com and that's it Kevin have a good summer thanks yeah. you too